Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Move On Without the Caffeine, this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there had a safe and sane weekend. In C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, all of Narnia is thrilled when the mighty lion Aslan appears after a long absence. Their joy returns to sorrow, however, when Aslan concedes to a demand made by the evil white witch. Faced with Aslan's apparent defeat, the Narnians experience his power when he emits an ear-splitting roar that causes the witch to flee in terror. Although all seems to have been lost, Aslan ultimately proves to be greater than the villainous witch. Like Aslan's followers in Lewis's allegory, Elijah's servant despaired when he got up one morning and saw himself in Elijah surrounded by an enemy army. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? He exclaimed. The prophet's response was calm. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elijah then prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Although things at first seemed bleak to the servant's eye, God's power ultimately proved greater than the enemy horde. Our difficult circumstances may lead us to believe all is lost, but God desires to open our eyes and reveal that he is greater. You know the drill, folks. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness. In your son's Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I stated during the onset of today's show, we are move on without the caffeine this Monday. <laughs> You're so, probably wondering, uh, is this guy speaking Spanish or what? Well, you know, there's this, uh, I guess there's a gym that is no longer going to be a gym. And it's not, be- I, I don't know, maybe the mask situation, the COVID had a lot to do with it, but I think that there's some other things going on down there that's hurting their business. Yes, yeah, as a matter of fact, there sure is. And according to the headline there, Move Fitness, that's M-U-V Fitness, that's located downtown, is definitely shuttering its door permanently ladies and gentlemen and that's not just because there's no starbucks anymore because <laughs> you can't go you know in your spandex or your yoga pants to you know to the gym and then over to starbucks and then to a restaurant down the street and feel safe while you're walking down the sidewalks anymore because you know that's why these companies are closing and they're stating in the media that that's why they're having to close there are safety concerns and you just lose one business right after the other that caters to certain demographics in the same clientele. You betcha, man. In a memo to employees on Monday, May 23rd, 2022, the Seattle coffee giant said that it decided to close its 130 stores and no longer will have a brand presence in Russia. And that's just part of the store closures. And here's your headline, ladies and gentlemen. Safety concerns shutter Starbucks locations, including stores that are trying to unionize. Now, according to Nexstar, the media outlet, Starbucks has closed roughly two dozen locations throughout the United States, but primarily on the West Coast since the summer, saying safety concerns have made providing a safe and welcoming and kind environment very, very challenging. 
In July, Vice Presidents of U.S. Operations Debbie Stroud and Denise Nelson wrote in a letter to employees emphasizing the importance of store safety. You're seeing firsthand the challenges facing our communities, personal safety, racism, lack of access to health care, a growing mental health crisis, rising drug use, and more. With stores in thousands of communities across the country, we know these challenges can, at times, play out within our stores, too. We read every incident report you filed. It's a lot, they wrote. Now, according to this article, Stroud Nelson noted that moving forward, stores may be closing permanently if safety is found to be no longer possible. A Starbucks spokesperson later confirmed to Nexstar that 16 locations would close by the end of July, including six in Los Angeles, five in Seattle, two in Portland, one each in Philadelphia and the District of Columbia, Everett, Washington, and obviously, folks, you know about the Spokane, Washington closure. A third location in Portland is set to close this coming Thursday. A nearby business owner told Nexstar that... Homelessness and drugs and violence have impacted the neighborhood recently and greatly. In early October, Starbucks closed its Canal Street location in New Orleans, again citing safety concerns and a rising level of theft reported by employees. Yeah, so wow. you've, got, you've got theft, you've got crime, you've got feces on the sidewalk kind of stuff going on. Not only that, you've got people begging that, you know, people that are drugged out, passed out on the, the sidewalk or openly using drugs. And it's not really a climate that begs for customers to come in. There used to be this old phrase called curb appeal. Yeah, you bet. And those and you know what? The real don't s- help curb appeal. Yeah, and you know what? The real sad thing about this particular Starbucks organization, as left-leaning as they are, you know they are filling the coffers of the left-leaning candidates as we speak, even though it's the left-leaning candidates and elected officials that have brought this hell upon the Starbucks Corporation. Well, it's it's the policies, definitely, that are soft on crime due to, that allow bad behavior on public streets and sidewalks. And, and, of course, you know, the cost of living is going up because we're paying taxes to a government to enact failing policies and failing programs. We're supporting, as we talk uh, with Sheriff Ozzy Knezovich last week, we're funding this problem. We are paying for it. This is not just a crime problem like, oh, no, there's some bad actors out there that are stealing stuff and, you know, involved in criminal activity. No, we are funding them. They're buying their snacks and their energy drinks, and in some cases, their drugs with our resources, our tax dollars resources that are given to low-income individuals. And so, you know, if the, if these corporations want to have an impact other than just closing their downtown stores across the nation, maybe they could have their lobbyists, instead of trying to get preferential treatment as a corporation, their lobbyists could talk about not criminal reform bills, I would say Let's go back to realizing what crime is and drug possession with intent to distribute shouldn't just be ignored because, oh, well, we can't tell they're intending to distribute except for the fact they're on the same corner having people stop by. But the cops can't do anything because the leftist policies and the legislatures across the country, especially in Washington state, are saying, oh, that's harassing citizens. Oh, no, wait, you can't you can't incarcerate people for small crimes of theft in commercial buildings and, you know, residential neighborhoods because those are poverty crimes, Mike. Right, you bet. Poverty crimes. I think it's an impoverished policy to just say, well, we're just going to allow the rot to happen and all the drug overdoses. And so, you know, I guess 
Starbucks and Daddy Warbucks of all these big corporations need to ask their lobbyists to uh, help other people get elected. Yeah, big time, man, for sure. Well, and, and <laughs> isn't there an election right now? They could actually make statements to the media other than, oh, safety concerns are the problem. Uh, well, there's a reason why those safety concerns exist, Mike. Yeah, big time, man. They, and they if they haven't figured that. it out, well, I'll tell you something, folks. If you've got any stock that you might be holding in Starbucks, you might want to seriously consider getting rid of the Starbucks stock and loading up on Dutch Brothers stock. Or, or, or something, right? <laughs> go, go and support the homegrown guys, you know well, what I'm saying? And, and I'm not sure that a lot of the ones that we're supporting or should be supporting are uh, in the stock exchange. I think that maybe buying stock... Uh, has to be done through other means if you will you bet you know all right guys we're going to switch gears kind of sort of because the cdc is at it again folks they got together last week and basically have issued an edict that they are now approving of the covid19 vaccines and boosters for children age six months to 18 now we already know that there are going to be some blue states that are going to be adopting this particular mandate from the cdc now, and CDC, they are going to make it cdc this, this mandatory for, for our children to go to school the, the center for uh, drug distribution uh, <laughs> yeah the count the council for drug distribution I, i'm trying to I'm, what does cdc stand for yeah i don't know it's, i don't think it's disease control because if they're going to push a vaccine that we already know doesn't work on to our children how does anybody, that control disease i mean can, give me a break well they just we just heard that they came out with a study and you know the results are not looking good like you might have more chances to have a virus if you took a jab versus not taking a jab yeah. and it doesn't fit the criteria of a vaccine because it doesn't do what they say it's going to do and I, I think it was in a hearing not in our country but over in europe somewhere there was a hearing and a higher up of the pfizer corporation said oh yeah no we didn't actually test to see if it would stop the spread exactly so there were a bunch of things that the pfizer and other manufacturers basically omitted if you will but they finally admitted to during that hearing yes they did yes they did so why do you give your kids a drug they don't need and doesn't do what the drug's supposed to do i mean it just makes no sense to me it doesn't at all but it'll be very interesting to see what rock doll ends up doing right doll yeah here in washington and what kind of a mandate he may or may not be handing down to our school kids well, you know, that's fine. Let the tyrants do what the tyrants are going to do. Maybe more people will get their kids out of the indoctrination. I mean, the education system oh, here bet. in Washington State. Because, yeah, I mean, that is the problem with CDC doing that is that, oh, they're saying, oh, no, this is not something that we're mandating on schools f- for participation right. in, in education. But it's just a recommendation. Well, their recommendations are what most states use as policy for their public schools. Yep. Absolutely, man. All right, here's your next headline, folks. Pfizer said the COVID-19 vaccine will cost between $110 and $130 a dose. Now, bear in mind, folks, you know, Tim and I, we've already reported to you that what the government is paying right now in our taxpayer dollars to these corporations providing vaccines to us for free is between $15 and $30. And then you also got to take into consideration when it comes to supporting vaccine efforts overseas, Folks overseas are getting walloped. Well, they're paying more. They are paying a big-time premium to get these shots over there. But does that include 
the whole batch of funding that was given to the corporations to come up with something to deal with COVID in the first place. So yeah, I mean, the cost is, is outrageous. And of course, you know, you can just look at all the members of the CDC that voted for, you know, making sure all the kids get it, making sure everyone gets it and they're still pushing the vaccine because I think they probably might have stock in certain corporations before they made the decision to say, Hey, we recommend to do this. Yeah, you bet. Here's a little taste of the story. Pfizer will charge between 110 and $130 for a dose of COVID-19 vaccine once the U.S. government stops buying the shots. But the drug maker says it expects many people will continue receiving it for free. Now, when they say U.S. government stops buying the shots, that means... The taxpayer. Us, yeah. That is absolutely correct. That's all part of the $31 trillion national debt that we've got now. Now, Pfizer executives said that the commercial pricing for adult doses could start early next year, depending on when the government phases out its program of buying and distributing the shots. The drug maker says that it expects people with private health insurance or coverage through public programs like Medicare or Medicaid, they will end up paying nothing. The Affordable Care Act requires insurers to cover many recommended vaccines without charging any out-of-pocket expenses. A spokesman said that the company also has an income-based assistance program that helps eligible U.S. residents with no insurance in order for them to get the shots. Now, that makes a whole lot of sense why Congress, before passing the Affordable Care Act and why the Congress didn't undo the Affordable Care Act, they just got rid of one of the mandates this you know last election cycle, when they put it in in the first place, you can see why members of Congress have so much money invested in health stocks. And then when that was passed, you saw certain stocks skyrocket because it basically was forcing the taxpayer funded Obamacare to fund vaccines and certain medications. So if you mandate it, the stock's probably going to go up because there's going to be widespread usage of it because of the mandates and who has to pay for it. And it's always a third or fourth party, not you. So the cost of it doesn't matter. But we're out of time for this half. Come back the next half. We've got more headlines to cover, more information for you. Don't go anywhere. You're looking at your ballot and realize you need more information about candidates and issues. There are two organizations that you can check out the Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Check them out at www.capr.us. And then, We Believe We Vote is also a great source from the Christian perspective on candidates and issues, so log on to www.webelievewevote.com. Again, that's www.capr.us and www.webelievewevote.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Move On Without the Caffeine, this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, to close up commentary on this particular Pfizer article here, I just want to read this last sentence. A Pfizer executive said Thursday that the price reflects increased costs for switching to single-dose vials and commercial distribution. The executive named Angela Lucan said that the price was well below the thresholds for what would be considered a highly effective vaccine. Well, the reason that is a bunch of bull honky on the highly effective vaccine, man. Give me a break. Well, the reason why the cost is much less than what you would normally see for a highly effective vaccine is because this vaccine's not highly effective. It's not even a vaccine. It's some kind of mystery jab. So they, you know, got to reduce the price because it, it's supply and demand. If you have a, something that, say, a healthcare supplement or things that you need for, you know, like food, you know, supply and demand. People, everybody wants food. 
not everybody wants a shot. So they got to reduce the price to get more people to buy it because, you know, they can only give away so many free ones because the government's got to stop funding that at some point. And maybe they see the writing on the wall for this election cycle. Yeah, I guess so, man. I mean, we, I just, saw, telling you. we just saw the state of Florida say, no, you cannot mandate in our state. And a lot of candidates backing that up right now, running for office in Florida saying, no, I well, we support bodily autonomy. Yep, there you we go. Su- we support the fact that you only get the prescriptions and take the drugs that you and your doctor decide, not the government, not any government office. And I think they're even reaching into the private sector that says no one is going to mandate something that you can't prove is effective. Exactly. And I'm telling you, I hope that the state of Florida is not made a mockery because of that. I'm hoping the state of Florida is made into the spearhead for the rest of the states in this nation to go ahead and head down the same path for sure. Well, CDC won't like it, neither will CNN, but who cares what they can <laughs> No doubt. All right, from the Washington Policy Center, how about this headline, folks? You know, and in light of the fact that you've got Inslee as well as Senator Murray talking about taking our dams out again in mm-hmm. order to save the salmon, here is a little something that flies in the face of that. Well, again, the, well, from now, the Washington now, Policy Center. Now, talking about that, you know, to me, it's it's really, really interesting. It's like you just pile on the stupid till it gets so so dumb and then it starts rotting and smelling bad and people yeah. start seeing the light and seeing reality because here they are we've got this government gives out a hundred million dollars to battery corporation who's going to build some kind of battery technologies they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars 100 million of it coming from the government over in moses lake washington to build batteries to redo this giant facility to you know supposedly support the uh, electric vehicle movement and of course they're getting government money to do it and it's all you know looking forward to the government mandate of everything becoming electric right so everything's going to become electric but where are you going to plug in Yeah, no kidding. If you get rid of the hydroelectric dams and natural gas... There's no other power, guys. No. I mean, you still got nuclear, but they don't want that either. <laughs> it's crazy, you, isn't it? You're, you're not going to be able to get the gas powered generators anymore because we're going to go the way of California and not allow gas small engines. So I, I don't know where these people are going to plug in. I think that they're totally unplugged from reality, is what I think. <laughs> no doubt about it. Here's this next headline here Big increases in the 2022 Snake River Chinook returns. Now, the Snake River salmon runs are basically completed for the year, and Chinook salmon runs increased again for the third year in a row reaching some of the highest levels of the past two decades well so the salmon are coming back and it sounds like the tyrants that want to destroy our energy independence or energy access at all are getting well the chinook are shellacking them Yeah, no kidding, man. Anyway, the story continues. These results directly contradict environmental activists who predicted returns of spring, summer, and wild Chinook would decline every year and be functionally extinct by the year 2025. And one early predictor of next year's run indicates returns will be similar or even slightly better. Overall, the Chinook returns at the Lower Granite Dam, the farthest upstream from the Four Snake River dams, were dramatically up over last year. They finished 85% higher than in 2021 and were the fourth highest total since 2001. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's good. Now, the response of some anti-dam activists is that while the totals have increased, there are still well below historic levels of the 1800s. Well, of course there's going to be. 
Give me a break. Yeah. These guys want to relegate us back to the 1800s, man. Not well, just remove the dams, but take us back in history. Well, get to know a good horse breeder, because if you want to get across town, you're going to be riding that old horse. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're going to be back to, I mean, we're going to, you know, the exotics will be riding those ostriches. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Bet. We're going to see some weird stuff in the future if we keep these morons in power. No kidding. Anyway, folks, I came across this particular headline and I had to do like a quadruple take because I just could not believe this in light of active shooter drills, active shooter situations at our schools, etc. Here's your headline. Four masked teenagers carrying guns allegedly allowed into school by administrators because of unsafe police that were nearby. Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, here you go. Okay, so the we went to this. If you see something, say something to possibly invite something that's totally illegal into your presence because you're dangerous you're scared that police might shoot a possible active shooter yeah i don't know that's weird man i think this is weird but i also you know on the side of where we were in a cult as a culture 20 30 40 50 years ago we used to have firearm training in the public schools exactly so you know people respected firearms and you know understood what the tool was meant for and we're also understanding of the law but now we have this what they're doing what so we just had a a school shooter situation where they kind of went after staff because somebody like left a door unlocked and it wasn't 100 secure now in this case you're telling me that school staff actually opened up the door we're talking about a property that is a gun-free zone That's which right. i think is a stupid thing anyways i think that it should be a limited gun zone so only individuals that would protect our children are allowed to have firearms and they should be trained but as of right now, it's a gun-free zone, and they're like, "Hey, the cops might shoot you kids with those guns in your hands. You might want to is that yeah, what come on in here. That's exactly it, oh, man. Here's a bit of that story: Two high school assistant principals open school doors to permit four mass teenagers with guns to enter the building because the administrators feared for the safety of the suspects at least three of whom appeared to be black since police had already arrived on the scene. Oh, now we know why they let them in and were fearful of their current situation because they knew those masked teenagers... The reason they were invited into school because they had their mask on and they were afraid that those officers that were unmasked might do something like breathe on them. Because, <laughs> you know, the COVID thing. Anyway, on September 14th, security officers at Garrett Morgan High School in Cleveland, Ohio, reportedly spotted four armed teenagers wearing masks approaching the school and immediately contacted 911. While the suspects continue to approach the school, the security officers repeatedly emphasize that the suspects should not be let inside. Do not let them. Do not let anybody through that door, people, one man said, according to the audio from the 9-11 call. Keep the school locked down, the dispatcher instructed. Another person was yelling, don't let them in the building. And yet another person seemed to relay the message to others, don't let them in the building. However, despite these repeated warnings, the young men were in fact allowed into the building, according to reports. Two school administrators, Christopher Kane and Carolyn Elias, both assistant principals, allowed them in. Two assistant principals from leadership let the males into the building, one witness wrote in a statement. And one of the two APs 
told police in a statement, I confirmed the interior doors were locked and instructed the four suspects to come inside of the vestibule because it was unsafe to be outside because I saw police officers. Wow, that's crazy. Are you freaking kidding me, man? Well, so the end result, they were detained. Obviously, yes. law enforcement has jurisdiction, so these kids were detained. You know, maybe the administrators, it was kind of a trick that they played on the teenagers to some extent because they allowed them into an area. They still couldn't enter the school, but it, it did reduce the barrier to them so you know and they've got firearms locks and windows unless they're fireproof don't stop them from getting in in this situation was anyone harmed no okay nobody was harmed one of the suspects fleed it was probably not the three black suspects but one of the suspects fleed the school basically teaches upwards of 285 students okay so So you got four individuals not a very large not a very large school then no no. So, but, so, but an interesting situation, definitely. But even so, I mean, you got four gunmen that have, right. and, and let's just say that they've got revolvers, okay? Six shot revolvers. That's 24 people out of 280 some odd. Uh, now, you're, you're going best case scenario is, is revolvers? Come on, Mike. Yeah, they, they were probably automatic. They so, were, you know, you're talking se- semi automatic, maybe. Yeah. Semi automatic. 12 I mean, rounds. Uh, something. Plus. But just a bad move, I think. And you let them in the school. That probably doesn't make everyone in the community think that their schools are safe. And I think that they should have let law enforcement do their job. That's why they called 911. Yeah. You betcha, man. And, and obviously, those students should have been on their face, spread eagle, right? Getting ready to be arrested is what should have happened. And it's a good thing that no one was injured in the in the situation but definitely you know we're in a world now where school staff government workers think that they can make decisions outside of the law outside of their even maybe their school boards and security staffs you know policies mm-hmm. and i just think it's a bad move for schools to have that much power and i think it's a obviously come on you're gonna let kids into the school past one barrier they've got a ski mask on and they're carrying a handgun come on i mean what are you what what? (laughs) but i'm glad nothing i'm glad i don't live in cleveland ohio (laughs) yeah glad nothing serious happened but you know that you're talking cleveland ohio so you know these larger cities have a lot more crime a lot more you know gang activity and who knows what the side you know behind the story was with these teenagers whether it was a gang type of thing and a dare i don't know but just lunacy it's crazy all right your parting shot story for the day ladies and gentlemen here's the headline the state department is funding drag shows in ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion using taxpayer dollars oh that's a that's a great use of taxpayer dollars that's what we need is men. i mean you know and i didn't yeah. i just get done telling everybody we had a 31 trillion dollar national debt 31 and trillion dollar. money on this crap well you know the federal government needs to waste a, a, a lot of money because there's a lot of money there and and why not waste it having grown men wear miniskirts in ecuador yeah no kidding yeah that makes sense anyway the saving grace on the story was it was under a hundred thousand dollars that they ended up granting to a nonprofit organization called centro ecuadoriano norte americano and it was all about drag shows in libraries in order to promote diversity and inclusion so some group of some nonprofit full of guys that want to wear uh, women's clothing yep. that want to dance around in front yep. of children in libraries just got a big enough grant to have a you know a couple of months worth of weekends of cocaine and whatever they're going to do it's just 
we have got to, as Americans, say we're done with this. We're done with the government spending. And it says, you know, they say, oh, you Republicans, you always say that waste, fraud, and abuse. There's no waste. There's no fraud. There's no abuse. No, the whole thing is abuse. The taxes are abusive. The government is run by morons. We don't want to give you money anymore. No. No, and we need to get the morons out. That's why it is so darn important that we vote correctly. We use our informed decisions and we do our due diligence and we sit down and take our time to vote, especially during this midterm election, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we aren't standing at the edge of the abyss. We're down in the hole, hanging on to the edge with our fingernails. That's what's up right now. Yeah, you, well, you can't even travel abroad to a public library without the drag queens there. I mean, whether it's here, whether it's there, you know, it's, it's give me a break. What are we funding government for at this point? I, just shut off the spending, necessities only. Last They talk about federal government shutdowns, and it's like 17% of the government shuts down, and they say That's it's right. the, the unnecessary government. I think there's a lot more unnecessary government than that, but it should be shut down permanently, that necessary stuff. Kind of like the drag queen story hour in ecuador you betcha all of that being said mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow bye-bye